0: Welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message.
1: Praise the Lord.
0: Um, we
1: ministered this morning to, uh, a message about renewing the mind and how to be transformed by that renewing of the mind. And through meditation, it's like a marination. How you marinate meat is through meditation, that's how you renew your mind. Uh, We're living in a time now where the devil's trying to make you second-guess stuff. Make you get to the place to where you sometimes, um, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, let me remind you. He said, he he, he came up and he said, I want to put you in remembrance. If you notice, he didn't write 2 Corinthians basically to tell him a lot of things new. He said, listen, I just want to reiterate what I've already said. Because if you don't keep in memory what I preached to you the first time or wrote you, then all my preaching is useless. It's in vain. Even though some of you got saved and delivered and heard it and received it. Then when he wrote in the group in Hebrews, it says in Hebrews 2.1, he said, let me remind you. Now, he talked to the church the whole time, the believers. He said, but some of you have let this truth slip past you and drift away. And what we've got to do is your mind stays renewed about as long as your hair stays combed, Brother Hagin said. So you've got to constantly renew your mind. Because what you think upon is what you're going to magnify with your mouth. And the word magnify means you make it look bigger than it actually is. Now you cannot make God any bigger than He is. But you can make everything around you, against you, to defeat you, to cause things to happen a lot bigger you know, you can make God look a lot bigger than them. Amen? But this morning, I was wanting to minister some stuff, and I had a confirmation came to me this morning by text, and I just said, okay, I'm going to go for it. I, I'm one of these guys where I, I I just believe that when the Lord begins to move, he knows what you need more than I need to know what I need to preach. Uh, First of all, the first group, if you want to listen to what we preach, it's in the first session. But God is wanting to do something right now in the Bible. And He took me back uh, when I got the text this morning. It said, in, I remember 1999, I was in Clovis, California. And I was sitting on the front row on this side. And I heard the Lord speak to me so directly, it visibly shook me and emotionally. Not in a bad way, but it pierced me. To where I left the sanctuary and went out in the hallway and the pastor's wife, which I know all of them really well still to this day. She said, what is it? I said, I need a dictionary. She said, a dictionary? I said, I need a dictionary. And the Lord spoke to me on the front row and this is what he said. Will you allow me to interrupt your life?" He said, the devil doesn't ask for permission to disrupt your life, but I need your permission to interrupt your life. Disrupt means to break it apart. Interrupt means to break into. And he said, if you allow me to consistently break into your life and interrupt it, I will get to the place in your life to where you won't just have an interruption, but you'll have an eruption. Because what I put in break in you will break forth out of you. And you're trying to figure out how God's going to do your miracle and you're trying to tell the potter how to shape the clay. God is wanting to do something in the body of Christ right now. To where it's actually so simple that we're overanalyzing it. Come on. He said, be doers of the word, not hearers, only deceiving your own selves." One of the greatest deceptions in time, I personally think, from what I just see and study, I'm not an authority on it. It's just what I rightly try to divide is self-inflicted. And it's when we become hearers and we stop become doers. He said if you don't he said if you hear my sayings and do them, I will show you what you're like. Cuz the storms will come and it will rage. But you better have your house built upon the rock. Because if it doesn't, it's going to be collapsed. It's going to be great. He said, don't let this man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Who's this man? A man of two minds. That's wandering and waving. You can't be like Peter to hold on to the old and try to live in the new. You've got to make a full commitment. The Lord spoke to me one day and he said this. Why am I obligated to meet your needs when you have not committed to do what I say? Because a need does not exist until you commit to do what I say. And that's when I'm obligated to meet the need that now is manifested. I'm not mad this morning, but I'm telling you there's an urgency. Because when I got the text this morning, it was confirming that for three days, I've had this one word come to me called courage. And I felt like giving it during the singles thing, but just for some reason. But for some reason. Don't analyze it. Analysis brings paralysis. Quit trying to figure out a God that wants to do above and beyond all that you can dare ask or think. He knows your future better than you know your past. Quit trying to figure out how God's going to do your miracle. Just learn to trust Him. The only way you're going to trust Him is when you spend time with Him. One reason the five foolish virgins could not get the oil from the five wise ones because it represented the relationship and the time that was spent in the presence of God. All you are is an earthen vessel. The clay lamp had little value of itself until the oil was put in it. That's what made it valuable. A lot of people today have a form of godliness. I preach to myself. We have a form of godliness, but we're denying the power thereof. You said, No, I don't deny God's power. I said, I didn't say that, and that's not what, not what the word says. Even the devil believes in the power of God, he doesn't deny it. But if we were in here and it was about 15 degrees, but all we had to do was plug in a big generator heater that would have got this place cold, I mean, warm in 30 minutes, but we put the plug at the bottom of the plug in, we have just denied the power thereof. One thing about a branch is this. It has two ends to it. One is what it's connected to. What is the life source? The life source is where the roots are. It always produces something on the other end of what you're connected to. It's called fruit. A fruit is a Watch this. In the Vines Dictionary of Old New Testament words, the word fruit, especially in the Gospel of John, are visible expressions of power that work inwardly and invisibly of the character of the power producing it. The Lord just spoke to me. Quit trying to figure it out. When the Lord begins to move and the river goes, you have it all planned out. But when you have your plans, it's like when back home when they drill for coal. They go down this way in the mountain and they go this way in the mountain. They project the veins of the coal and stuff. But if they hit a vein that was not projected or uh, 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 recognized at the beginning, then they would stop right there with the plans and follow that vein out until it was exhausted. And then they come back with their original yeah. description. I really believe this. You're going to have to learn to go with the Holy Spirit at the prompting. Because it's not just words on paper. It's the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that the Lord is wanting to minister and write upon the hearts of the people, not the screen. And when it does, it won't become by information. It will become by inspiration. Come on. That's where we're the presence. In His presence is fullness of joy. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We're living in a time, folks. you got to make a decision. Pastor Travis said, I believe you, it's right there. Life and death, blessing or cursing. Everything you need in life only depends upon your decision. A decision determines a direction, but a direction establishes destiny. You can't do your life, build a resume and stamp it with the name of Jesus and stand before Him one day. Come on, you've got to commit your way unto the Lord and trust Him and do what He said. I shared this morning, there was a man named Francis Chan. You can Google it on YouTube or go to YouTube. It's called Rope Illustration. He has a 30-foot rope or 40-foot, and he holds up one end of it, and there's two inches of it's red, but the rest of it's white. He said, whether you live to be 80, 100, or 120 years, this red is your life, and what you do in the red, and he went like this, affects eternity. He said, 5,000 years from now, you'll look back and see what you did to impact eternity. One question I try to ask myself, either when I get up or when I go to bed, when I get up What am I going to do today, God, to help me to impact eternity? Or am I going to live according to this present age? Am I going to go into the conformity of it? Go back to my rut living, my rut thinking. Go to my favorite place here. Go to my favorite place here. God wants to interrupt your life. He wants you to walk in the supernatural to where you don't even think about it anymore. All He is needing is your natural so He can put it the super. John chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, it says, From the drawing to the serving, the water turned into wine. I'm telling you, God is saving the best for last, but He needs you from the drawing. When you come into this place, you're not just coming to be fed so you can go home and live your life for the week. Listen, I'm preaching to myself. God's not in steeples. He's in people. There's a lost and dying world out there that only you can reach. No YouTube video, no Google search, nothing, no pastor, no whatever. Your life is a living epistle being read by your neighbors that you don't even know their last name and you don't even know their spouse's first name. And God's wanting to do not just something in you and for you, but he wants to do it through you and out of you so you can go ahead and be what you're called to do. We're concerned and I'm not belittling this. We're so concerned about a contagious virus that we don't even realize that we're contagious because the greater one lives inside of us. When I wake up, I don't care where I'm at, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's not I that liveth, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things. Why? Because it's in him that I live and have my being. And as long as I abide in him and he abides in me, I am the same. So when I say I can, I'm not saying Todd, I'm saying God, because I'm letting God do something in me that I can't do for myself and I'm not going to let what I can't do interfere with what I can do and one thing I can do is is not be silent but I can open my voice and say Father I don't care where I'm at or how bad it is I'm going to let my light shine before men that they may see my good works but they're going to glorify God in heaven and I'm not going to just do it in the corner I'm not going to do it around my family members at the table but in the hardest times of my life I'm not just going to to learn to witness i'm going to become that witness i'm going to hold it up on a lampstand so high that the higher the position the brighter the light and when i get to heaven they say you don't even know my name but i walked by you one day and i don't even never seen you again except when we walked on the airport or we walked through the terminal or you were just driving through the or the grocery store but there was something about you that came in on me i don't know what it is but it interrupted my life to where i said I don't know what it is God but I know it has to be God because where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom so quit trying to figure out how God is going to do something above and beyond what you can even dare ask or think especially beyond your highest prayers thoughts hope or dream God is not looking for your ability he's looking for your availability you may not be the best at doing something but that should never hold you back from giving your best to do it so you need to give yourself a pay for just showing up today oh, in his presence is fullness of joy Matthew 18 19 says where two or three are gathered in his name the I am is in the midst God is waiting for us to let have days of heaven upon earth. But the word of God that we live by is voice activated. God is needing you to say something. Well, I don't know why I'm saying it. I don't know what to say. Well, open your mouth and God will fill it. He needs a voice in the earth. He does not need people to keep talking about what is happening in the earth. He needs people to rise up and say what they want to see happening in the earth I'm telling you something one thing about life in airports is this if you praise you'll be raised but if you complain you will remain people said it looks like hell's going you know the world's going to hell in a handbasket I said I believe God God always has the last word it doesn't matter I got a friend of mine that was watching the Mike Tyson fight with Holyfield where you? We caught the bike fight. <laughs> she didn't even know nothing about these guys. But she found out that this guy named Holyfield was a Christian. And she said, I'm going to root for him. She sat down and began to watch it. She said, I had no clue what this fight was. I didn't know much about boxing. I said, she said, I sat there and watched the fight. Now, Holyfield was supposed to just get beat bad. They said, I don't know if he's going to even last three or four rounds. Got up there, he made it through the first. She thought, I think he won that round. Went to the second round, they started boxing again. Said, My Lord, Holy Phil, come on. She said, The third round, she said, I think he's up two rounds to none. Got in at about the third or fourth round. Holy Phil's just going as strong as ever. And all of a sudden, she noticed she was standing up in front of the TV and she was sitting there going, Come on, Holy Phil. She said they go on commercial, she go in the other room and get a snack or something to drink or use the restroom, and then she run back and get right in front of the TV, and she sit there, and she said, I'm not even sitting on the edge of the couch. She said, I'm sitting there going, come on, man, I don't know who this is, but this might be a big upset. Then all of a sudden, it said going to the next round, the announcers begin to talk a little bit, and it went on, and they talked for Two minutes. They begin to talk for three minutes, and she's going,
0: oh, come on!
1: Then they started talking, and she realized she had been watching a rerun.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she said she stood there, and they said, well, let us tell you the rest of the fight so you can go ahead and enjoy it. He went on to win the fight in a certain round. You know what she did? She went back and sat on her couch. She said, I didn't get upset, anxious, or make haste. I just sat there and enjoyed the fight. I didn't care if Holyfield got knocked down and they was counting him out and it looked like everything was all lost. And it's like, oh, my God, contradicted to what I just heard and all this. But she said, I took heed to myself, knowing for sure that my man had already won the fight. I'm telling you right now, the Bible says this, after you've done the will of God, you shall receive the promise. Don't cast away your confidence. It has a great recompense or reward. For after you've done the will of God, you shall receive the promise. I'm telling you, people go up and they say, well, I've been watching this and I've been watching this. I say, you're not being informed, you're being programmed. During COVID, I traveled. I didn't travel as much, but I still did like 33 meetings or churches or something. I forget what it was. People said, wait a minute. You're traveling during COVID? I said, well, you do what you want. But don't put your convictions off on me. Come on. They said, I don't understand. Aren't you watching the news? I said, no, that's why I travel. (laughs) They said, "Well, well, well, wait. I said, I go to some states. I don't see a mask. I go to restaurants, I go on the beach, I'm laying there. I worked on a sermon. I did. This, God, God, so help me. I'm not lying. I literally worked on a sermon. I said, God, people need to laugh during this time. They need to rejoice. I had a great title, but I never, never got into it preached because there was too many people that was, I knew that were losing people, and it was real sensitive at that time. But I had a great title. It was called The Road to Damascus. What I'm trying to get across to you is this. God has set before you life and death. When Jesus stood on the cross and said it is finished, it's finished. There's nothing that can come against you. The gates of hell not come against you. When you have a revelation from God, God, the devil, has no solution for it. He's wanting people to step out just as ordinary believers. It doesn't say preachers, apostles, or seasoned ministers. It doesn't say Bible school graduates. It says these signs shall follow them that believes. This is just a barn for the harvest, folks. This is not the church. You're the church. Quit, get out of churchianity and let God interrupt your life and get into Christianity. Start walking around to where you accidentally touch people. Uh, and you, you don't even realize. You go, no, here you go first like that. And you just laid hands on somebody that was sick and now they're cured. And they may have raised a child that went and become a missionary and won 2 million people to the Lord. You have no idea. You just got to let God interrupt your life to the place where he will do something that you can't do. But don't sit there and analyze it to where you sit back and do nothing, draw back and shrink in fear. Yeah. The Lord told us at the end, do not fear. Fear not. Come on. Be not deceived. One thing we've got to do is become active doers of the word of God. We've got to rewrite our schedule. I know you've got daycare, you've got ball games, you've got this. I understand that. But you've got to give God an opportunity to do something in your life. And that's why I tell people, even when we all went out to eat, I said, young man, you're going to have to start asking God to interrupt your life. Because what you're doing right now is not working. He just sat there and looked at us. The word courage came to me. It's a mental or moral strength. It's mental or moral strength. It's perseverance, in other words. You've got to persevere. In Luke 8, verse 11 through 15 was part of my message this morning. And it talked about there was all, all, the seed, it's just the word of God, fell on all four types of soil. There was four diversities of soil mentioned, but it was the same seed. The seed never changes to accommodate the soil of where it grows. The soil must always change to receive the word by softening and mellowing it up. Charles Finney says, breaking up the fallow ground, which is basically a a mellowing process, farmers called it, which means to smooth it out so the seed can be received Beyond your traditions, your mindset, your political correctness, or what you think. God does not want your opinion. Right. He doesn't want your ability. It's His grace. Yes, He'll strengthen you. But He's wanting to do something inside of you that when you look back, you realize you can't take no credit because you're not that smart. Amen. Amen. People say, well, I'm shying backwards and you know, I, got a, I took a test that cost me $45, and it says, I, I don't express myself openly to others. I said, watch your finger, put it in that light socket, I'll count to three. And If you don't express yourself openly to others, I will pay your $45. <laughs> well, that's 110 votes. I said, I know it. But what about the power of God that lives inside of you, the greater one?
0: Amen.
1: The spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead beyond the grave quickens your mortal body. He will rejuvenate, revitalize, and make with new life your mortal body. He wants to do something in you and out of you that you can't even figure it out. But you just trust him. Why? Because it's from the drawing to the serving. You take what's preached here, so you can go back out. Forget about your Holy Ghost merit badge sash. You don't need to put all these things on there. Well, I've already heard that before. People go, I don't want to go to church. There's too many hypocrites. I said, Well, why you go to the gym? There's too many fat people. They're all hypocrites. (laughs) Some people's favorite machine is the vending machine. (laughs) Sit there and do 22-ounce curls all day. Do one setup a day. They get up and lay back down. Listen, I can't run your race. Can you put up 1 Samuel 30, verse 6 through 19? The word courage, this is what's been coming to me three times. As soon as I got the text this morning, the Lord I said, courage. I knew I just, it just was coming up. Mental or moral strength, it means to persevere. If you notice in Luke 8.15, it says, When it fell on good ground, it bore fruit with perseverance or patience. How are you going to get from the amen to there it is? Through faith and patience. You're going to have to do something. The mother to necessity is inventiveness, I can't say it, the mother of necessity is inventiveness, if you, if you break down like I have done in past and not know where I'm at and I have no, I've called 911, they wouldn't answer, I had no cell phone service, come on. I had, that necessity made me become more inventive. I had to think of something. Okay, what can I do? I can't stay here all night. And people are just driving by and it's dark. And and I'm just sitting here like it. And I stopped. And the Lord, thank God for the Holy Ghost. He said, acknowledge me. I know your future better than you know your past. Out of 7.1 billion people on the planet, you're the only one that has the combination of those fingerprints. The very hairs on your head are numbered. If one falls out, in a natural, we go, oh, look, there's one hair right there. If you had 100,000, you know you have 99,999. But when that hair fell out, you know how God knows you so well? Because that was number 68,412. Because the very hairs on your head are numbered. See, we're always wondering how God can't do something in our lives. When he says, I gave you the owner manual, and all I ask you to do is open your mouth and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at this. Courage is this. Withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Are you all ready for the next one? The ability to do something that would frighten others. The ability to do something that might frighten somebody else. We're still on 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. But Mark 4, 24 and 25 says this, Take heed to what you hear, for who has will be given, and who has not will be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. Your words can either become an architect, or you become a demolition expert. You can take the word courage, and you can speak to somebody in their life, or hear something positive, and it will add to that courage. And we use the English vernacular word called encouragement. Or you can hear something that will take away from somebody. Like somebody goes up, I remember one time they said, Listen, you need to sit down, i got some bad news. They said, well, no, I'm going to stand. No, you need to sit down. Now, Nobody touched him, but the words were about ready to take something away from him. So-and-so just passed away. Why? Take away which, which you seem to have. We need to go around and start speaking encouragement. We need to be encouragers. We need to stand up also and speak the truth in love. Compromise is accepting what you don't believe because you refuse to fight for what you do believe. You've got to stand for something. Say, no, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. No compromise here. We improvise, but we're not going to compromise. We'll do with what we got where we're at, but we're not going to compromise the word because this is the solid rock upon which we stand. Amen? Look look at, look at 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, 19. And David was greatly distressed. I believe there's a lot of people, even in the body of Christ, that are greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. <laughs> we're not talking Colorado, amen? But... <laughs> Because the soul of the people were grieved, everyone for his sons and daughters. But David, did it say God came down and overcame him? No, it says David encouraged himself, not in comfort food. Not I don't listen. I enjoy a good meal but it's only going to be temporary. I need something that will change me from the inside out to where I can be transformed and not go back into the conformity of the rut living and rut thinking that got me back there. He said he encouraged himself in the Lord. How do you say, or his God, how do you do that? Find out what God says about you and start saying it. You've got to get over, you say, well, I've forgiven a lot of people. Yeah, but you ain't forgiven yourself. A lot of us are walking around with shame and guilt and condemnation. All shame is is an event the devil attaches to your identity. But Jesus died to it so you don't have to live with it. He went somewhere you don't have to go. So stop trying to get what you've got and trying to become somebody you are. You're already in a place of victory. When you walk in the light, the path of the just is a shining light that will shine more and more. didn't say, well, it depends if it's during the pandemic year or you know if it's not this and you know everybody everybody wants to know when Jesus is coming back well you are the body of Christ I got a friend that has a shirt I need to get one it says Jesus is coming act busy (laughs) now look at the next ones real quick is this okay verse 7 we appreciate the sound people now, some of those I can't pronounce. He said, pray either. Okay, go on. Wait a minute. Go, go on. Go to the next one until I tell you stop. Go to eight. I don't want to mispronounce something. Everybody, you know, confirm it. <laughs> David inquired at the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? See, a lot of people are not led by the Spirit of God, but when they get in the mess, then they ask inquire of God after they get in their own mess. Hey, live life smarter, not harder. Harder. You have a Holy Spirit inside of you. He is a teacher, a guide, an intercessor, a standby. He will. He's like a GPS. He will recalculate you, reroute you. He'll get you wherever you need to go when you need to do I say stuff like this. I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. They said, yeah, but your flight's delayed three, three, uh, three hours. That's fine. I'd rather be uh, here at the airport for three hours than be crashed and dead in a field for three hours. I don't desire to be on TV. <laughs> shall I pursue the truth and, over, and, and shall I overtake him? And he answered said, pursue. I believe some of you all have been waiting for a word like Pastor said. There's a door open before you, but you're sitting there trying to figure it out, analyze it, do all this, do that, and all this, and you're trying to wait and see this and get a word from the Lord and different things like this and make sure the blood moons are not up. You know, come on. I'm not being a mockery of it. I'm just telling you that God's wanting to do something. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to be right direct with you, and i say it with all the love in the world. If you don't get busy, mom and dads and grandparents, you're going to get a bunch of young people coming up that you're trying to get to make their bed... not be late for school, but the Spirit of God is going to come on a generation. They might not be able to make their bed, but they're going to be able to stand up and speak to a mountain that you would not, you kept staring at it and talking about it, but they're going to speak to it, and they're going to run with their, to their giant with their mouth open. Yes. Everybody's wanting to get in on the ground level of everything that's multi-level. I'm trying to get you on the ground level right now because Jesus is about ready to come back. Amen. People tell me I'm nuts I said that's fine but I'm screwing the right boat what's your excuse <laughs> they'll mock you make fun of you laugh at you think all oh, you raise your hands you, you cry in church and hug other men or you hug other whatever and all this but when they get down to the where the rubber meets the road and there is no hope you will get the phone call and without fail recover all quit trying to figure out how God's gonna do your miracle When you go to the store, you don't buy a gallon of milk and think, well, I wonder if that was a black cow that ate green grass that did that. You're still trying to find out your your phone code, and God's trying to get you to where, you know. See, when you're not conformed and you are transformed, allowing God to interrupt your life, you'll see the difference. Because what has happened is this, and I don't mean this wrong. If this applies to you, then it applies to you. If it doesn't, I'm not here to condemn you, criticize you, or anything. But some of us, if you don't watch it, we, and I had to really watch myself, is we believe God for our healings like when we were younger, whether our life depended on it or not, because it did. Because we had no insurance. We were barely making the rent, and sometimes we had to juggle it and hope they didn't cash the rent check before we sent out the electric bill. But now we don't have all that. We got all this coverage and got these cards. Well, just go to the urgent care. Here, just go go this. I got a prescription card. Go this. When you do that without considering Jesus. See, we know not to give place to the devil, but have we learned to give place to the Holy Spirit? Acknowledge Him in all your ways. What's the big difference? When something comes in your body, do you go to the phone or do you go to the throne? Do you reach for the aspirin bottle first or the anointing bottle first? Let's go on here. So David went, obedience. Can I give you the uh, shakedown on that? From verse 6 to 19, he said, go, pursue, you will overcome, you will not fail. And the Lord was with him. He went, but it said he encouraged himself in the Lord. He got up. Ziglag was burnt to the ground. The women and children were taken captive. Men uh, were threatened to stone him. They were all distressed and everything. But David stood up in the middle. Instead of talking about what was happening, he spoke and prophesied to what was going to happen. First, he sought the Lord. The Lord gave him a word. And when you get a word from God, I'm telling you, all hell cannot stop you. Because upon this solid rock, I'm going to build my church. He pursued and recovered all in 13 verses. Why? Because he had courage. He added to the courage. Psalms uh, Psalms 55, 22. Can you put that up in the Amplified Classic? I'm almost done here because we're going to pray. Come on now. This is not a rest stop, folks. Well, it is actually in a way. You're in here to get rest before the Lord Get filled up, and by the time you come back through those doors, you should be empty again, because yeah, right. you gave everything out. Amen. This is not. The Lord told me one day. He said, "This goes beyond you. This gospel goes beyond you. Goes beyond you. Goes beyond you." Goes beyond you. Amen? Amen. Look at this. Cast your burden upon the Lord, releasing the weight of it. Do you put weight upon the word, or you put weight upon your cares? Come on. What do you weight? What do you give weight to? He said he will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made slip or fall or fail. You've got to put yourself in remembrance. And it's not enough to just know the truth. You've got to continue in the truth. This weekend I shared a story about my uncle. I had an old pickup. It was made of solid metal. You get these big trucks now. My Lord, they look like army tanks. You need a forklift. Just get up in them. Tires that cost more than... My addition to my house, it seemed like. Not against it. Go, go for it. But he had a small pickup that my older cousin was learning to drive. He was four years older than me, and no, five years. And my cousin, his younger brother, Mark, we grew up like brothers next door to each other. He was the youngest. I was the youngest of all the boys. So Dwight said, hey, we're four, we were four miles from home. We was playing a softball game. This is the old pickups that had the shifter in the column, had to flip windows on the side, had the side steps, had the chain that had the plastic over them, and you could pull it down or go all the way down to the bumper. We got up there and we began to push and push, and I remember a couple times, I think I fell and went on my knees. I said, it's not doing it. He said, keep pushing. How many knows when you're pushing your weight against something, it might not be physically moving, but there's a force in there that's causing something to happen? You know what? I'm going to tell you right now. Some of you like uh, popcorn and you put it in the microwave. You don't even know how long it takes, but you go three minutes and 15 seconds. Put that little thing It says popcorn, boom, three minutes, 15 seconds. You don't take it out at two minutes. You don't take it out at two and a half minutes. Sure, don't take it out at three that last 15 seconds, it pops the whole bag. And some of you are casting away your confidence. Some of you say, well, I guess it's not going to happen. Well, well, it's not. God is wanting the consistently righteous to be what this. He said he will, he will never allow them to be moved. They slip, fell, or fall. There's some people in here in their 70s and 80s. We can't buy you in a bookstore. We need you. We need your wisdom. We need your testimony. We need your stories of the miracles and how you came out of something that was a lot better. We need your perspective. Amen. Even if we have to put you on film for five minutes and say, tell us your life story, tell you what God did, what was the greatest miracle, do this. Why? People can come and just sit and listen and say, I can relate to somebody. I'm not in this thing alone. Amen. 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 Let's go to the next one. We're going to close here. Well, I'm going to just say this. We were created in God's image and after his likeness. Image is the essential nature of God received through the new birth. Did you hear that? Image is the essential nature of God received through the new birth. But in his likeness, the person who's been born again is reflecting this image in their lifestyle. And our lifestyle as Christians is a pattern of victory. Now, I'm going to say this one more time courage is the ability to do something that would frighten someone else or others some of you pastor had no idea how he hit on something some of you have been at the threshold for so long the it's a familiarity that has come out that has put you in neutral when we was pushing that truck nothing happened but we continued therein we continued therein. And all of a sudden it budged. And we started to push it. Mim, Mark, and his older brother said, Step back, I'm about ready to pop the clutch. Because if you're too close, it pop and hit you in the mouth. <laughs> he went boom. One, 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 boom. He said, hurry, jump in. Jump in. What I was pushing that was making me sweat and I showed no results of movement is now taking me down the road going 30 miles an hour with a wind blowing on my face. And the Lord began to show me, he says, all I need you to do is know the truth and continue in it. And then he said this, and then the truth will set you free. You're trying to do it harder instead of smarter. There's some of you here, here's the words I've got. Some of you all know you have courage. But this morning, you've been encouraged. You're going to have to step up and do something. Because if you want something you never had before, then you're going to need to do something you've never done before. You've got to become activated. The Holy Spirit is like water. Just add water. He will stir you up. Don't compare your race with anybody else because you can't. I can't control your life more than you can control me. You can't even get your neighbor's dog to obey you. So why are you trying to control other people? Go herd cats someday. Here's the word I have for some people. Some of you all have been living with a subconscious fear of anxiety and fear. What's the difference between fear and anxiety? Fear is a known threat. Anxiety is an unknown threat. But there will come a time where they will interact over and lap over one another. A lot of us are living in because we don't know what the future is. But I'm telling you right now, if you abide under the shadow of the Almighty and get in His presence, a reassurance will come to you. No matter what you're facing, you know that your man has already won the fight. You can go and relax and be still in the presence of God and say, Father, I'm not figuring out my miracle. I don't know how you're going to do this, but I know you will do it because you're faithful and just. I'm going to live in a way that I can be an example that people can have my flavor, my salt, where I marinated myself, and they will come and taste of the Lord and see how good He is. Cause it's not I that liveth but Christ in you you can be in the eye of the storm but I'm telling you right now listen to this you've heard this on the movies you've got the right stuff you want me to tell you why of all the generations you could have been born in you are born in the generation that will bring this thing home the prophets have desired to see this time but God says no I have a generation I have people that I have equipped in grace to run this race as they seek my face. But you can't get too far ahead of God, but you got to stay on pace. The Lord is wanting to do something in here. Some of you have situations where you're, you're, you're free of certain diseases. Or you have symptoms that you kind of wonder. So you put off a doctor visit. You have an underlying current fear to where your fear has become some form of fake security to you because you think, well, I don't know, if I start feeling good and doing something good or positive, then well, what if something bad happens? Well, you're already living in the bad. Don't become familiar with it. I'm going to say this. Do not allow the enemy a seat at your table. And do not allow the devil to put you on trial in your own house. Are you all hear what I'm saying? I could pray for everyone in here, but it still comes down to your decision. Nahum 1.9 says, these afflictions or this affliction will not arise upon you a second time. Amen? Amen? I don't know what it is, Pastor Travis, but three times I've been sitting here trying to figure it out. But the only way I can explain it is this. When you look at a clock when it's opened. I was at Howard Miller's in Michigan. And they were showing me how they make the clocks on the conveyor about The big grandfather clocks and stuff. But they had all the gears and different things. They could have explained it all day long. And I would have just left with a lot of words in my head. You don't have to figure it out how it works. Just make sure it keeps wild. Just keep oil on your lamp God's already orchestrated the method and the procedure and the technique and the way it does all he wants you to do is just come over in his presence and just wind it say Lord I'm just trusting you I trust you the details will take care of themselves the decals will take care of themselves the little foxes that spoil the vineyard of our love he said keep bearing fruit because the blossoms will come, the little foxes will come. But as long as you're in what i am called you to do, the light will expose the darkness. Yeah. And what was meant for evil will actually turn for good. And the only way I can say it is this. I'm praying the grace will come upon you that you'll do things in a firm but gentle way. Firm but gentle. Like saying no. and not, You don't have to give an explanation. But here's what I'm hearing in the Spirit. Is you're going to develop a good counterpunch Every time the devil does something against you and your family or this body of Christ or whatever it is in your life, you're going to be able to stand up and you're going to sense it. One thing I sense in the body of Christ right now is anxiety and uncertainty because you're so overwhelmed with so much information and technology that all you're hearing is it's getting worse. So you go from this platform to that platform to that platform to that platform and you become a Martha instead of sitting down and becoming a Mary. trying to rent me a GPS on a car rental I said no I can get lost by myself (laughs) I did they said well you don't understand these things are satellite program they come down they're accurate they update and all that I said can I ask you a question they said yeah if you're on a half a mile bridge and that GPS says, make a right turn in 300 feet are you going to listen to the voice are you going to do what you know to do? There's a lot of voices out there, folks, telling you stuff. God is not interested in you give him a like or subscribe or a thumbs up. He said, "Listen, I died so that you would live for me." Amen. And I want to close with this. I want to pray for whoever wants to come up here. But a lot of you have anxiety. You've learned to live with it. A lot of you feel like you've wasted your life. God can restore the years. My mom is 91, lives by herself. My aunt is 93. My neighbor the other day was doing yard work with my son that's 16 years old. She goes out and shovels snow, breaks up. She has no peer pressure, and she just turned 102 and lives by herself. And she told me the other day, she said, listen, I have, well, it's been a while back. She said, listen, I got these phone numbers, and I want to make sure you get it. Are you listening? Yes, ma'am. But she's five foot nothing. Every time she talks to me, I notice I go down like this. She said, this is my home phone. If you need to talk to me, because you talk too fast. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, she, she tells me that. She says, you talk too fast. So when you talk, call me, I'll, I'll hook it up, and I can read. It will print out what you say, no matter how fast you say. She said, you know this number here? I said, yeah. She said, listen to me. I said, I, I am. She said, that number's my home phone. This is my text. Only text me. I said, okay. And then she gave me, 102 years old. She's on Facebook. She tw- I think she tweets people. I'm not even on Twitter. I think I am, but I don't know what. It- you know what I do during COVID and different times? I'll go down and sit on the porch with her. And just talk to her for 30 minutes. Because I need to know. Somebody that's been down the path before and let me know if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. I've been she she's been through four wars, I think, and about 19 presidents. I forget what it was. And she just sits there and pours into me and talks to me. How much more when we spend time in his presence? He knows our future better than we know our past. If you have anxiety and fear, I can pray for you there. I know I went, it's 12.04, I need to hurry. So. But I work food service. If you get there early, you're just going to get leftovers. No, I'm telling you the truth. No, I'm not lying. We never, we never ran out of food on Saturday nights. And we never wasted food. About 1.30 or 2 for a buffet, I'm telling you right now. You're just getting water added and a little bit of the new stuff mixed in. That didn't work, did it? If you're having anxiety right now and you got fear that a disease is going to come back on you, I know this is a broad statement, but I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to you. Some of you need to make a commitment to God and say, you know what, I don't want to be conformed to this image anymore. I don't want to get to heaven one day and look all the way through the white, back at the red, and say, why didn't I just do something? Why did I not just put something aside and lay it aside? The Holy Spirit will cut off the weights and sins, but your job is to lay them aside. But some of you may have never been born again. You're a backslider. Had a guy take me to the side of a church one day. He said, he looked around. I don't do this anymore. By way, I went, what is it? I thought he killed somebody. I thought, great. I got to get another flight, come back, be a witness to a trial because of what he's about ready to tell me that he's the guy that killed all these people the last 10 years. No, I did. My <laughs> mind was wondering. He leaned over and went like this. I'm a backslider. I felt really relieved. (laughs) I mean, he would have went to hell, but I felt relieved, though. (laughs) No. And I looked at him. I said, slide back. He goes, what? I said, it's that simple. Just slide back. An evangelist had his five-year-old boy come down every night of the revival. And the deacons approached him from the church and said, can you tell your son not come down every night? He goes, no. He said, why? He said, because when he gets it, he won't come back. Some of you need to have this stuff to stick with you. You're not trying, Jesus. The clay never tells the potter what to do. You sit there and allow the potter to do what he wants. If you've never been born again, you're a backslider. If you really want to get serious with God or you have anxiety in your life. Now, I'm not talking about once a day or once a week. I'm talking about people who literally are living in anxiety to where you are basically able to just barely go through your day of work, come home, take a shower and go to bed and you wake up in the middle not even rested you're are you hearing what I'm saying if that's you stand up right now don't stop and hesitate stand up if that's you come on down here right now if you've never been born again you're a backslider you want to be committed some of you you got to take Nahum 1 9 to heart and you got to make sure that you know that this affliction will not arise upon you a second time don't say well God's in control well if he is then why are you sick He's in control by the sheer power of who he is, but he says, I didn't make robots. I got children, and it's if you got to be willing and obedient. God has not mocked whatever a man sows, it's always your choice to do something. Some of you don't even know what you're doing. You're in a holding pattern. You feel like you're in an airport looking for a place to land. And when you do, you get on a merry-go-round and you turn around for three weeks, three months, but you get off at the same place you got on and you repeat the process the next year or next month. If that's you, I want you to come down here right now. Some of you need purpose in your life. Father, I'm not, listen, I'm, not, I'm, I'm out of the numbers game. But I've learned that people have to make a commitment because you can make a resolution all day long. New Year's resolutions, only 8% of the people make them. But when you make a a commitment versus a resolution, a resolution only resolves the fact that you need to change or do something. But there's no commitment to change because that requires your credibility and your character be on the line. More people are concerned about their uh, reputation than they are their character. Your reputation is just merely what people think about you, but your character is who you really are. You might not come up here, but I'm throwing the net all the way in the back. Everybody close your eyes. Think on the Lord. Say this. Say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I'm asking you to do something in me that I can't do for myself. I proclaim and I decree that you are my Lord and Savior. So, therefore... If you died for me, I'm going to live for you by the power of the Holy Ghost who lives inside of me. I don't want to hear voices. I want to hear a voice. I want direction. I'm not going to let what I can't do interfere with what I can do. So Lord, here am I. Come on folks, everybody say it. Lord, here am I. Do what you want no restrictions apply get me out of my own comfort zone Holy Spirit teach me not to allow the devil to live rent-free in my mind I want to finish my course so one day I can truly know and hear Well done, done. now good and faithful servant. in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to say this, by the Spirit of God, some of you have been living with a secret sin for a long time. I'm not here to judge you, but only you can get down before God and say, God, I'm not going to leave until this thing leaves me. If you need to get help, some people, I run into so many pastors that won't even confide into nobody because they're afraid somebody's going to tell somebody else that tells somebody else. And they'll set over an island to themselves and die and literally almost wither away. They said, I don't know who to trust anymore. I'm telling you, God is wanting to set you free so you can go out and set other people free. This is not all about you, folks. God is wanting to do something in you and through you for the people around you. Amen. I can sit here and give different words right now, not to make it happen, but I just sense this presence of God, but I feel like the Lord is so strong. He said, I've already spoke to Mars of them. They just got to allow me to interrupt their lives. When they give me permission, I'll go in their future and begin to arrange things and take people out of their life that are only there for what they can do for them, but never available when they need them. Purpose begins to rise up. Yeah, but I've wasted my life. No, you're not that good no you can't do no you're not that good you can't outdo what Jesus did old things pass away and behold all things become new there's people getting saved in their 70s and 80s right now that are going out there was a lady that was 77 she was retiring they said what are you going to do she said well I don't know I always wanted to write books she passed away at 97 and you know what they found out when she passed away she wrote 400 books there was a woman that was growing up her name's Grandma Moses Google her she grew up, and her dad would buy her and her sister and the siblings a piece of paper, but the two girls' sisters liked to, liked to sketch. Her dad would go buy a piece of paper for a penny. Five pieces of paper, five pennies. Well, she ended up getting to where she had a lot of kids and this, and she did embroidery, knitting, clothing, quilting, and all this. And when she was 76, one account says 77, her fingers got so bad, she said, I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. Her sister said, well, why don't you go back to painting or sketching? She said, oh, you know what? I I never thought about that. So she started sketching and she passed away at 101 years old. And I just Googled some of her paintings and they're over a million dollars today. I'm going to say this as pastor comes. Don't die with something in you that the world is looking for.
0: Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week.